What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 27, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Thor's Chariot. Thor's That's right, chariot. Thor's back, and he's brought his chariot along, and not just his hammer. You can find us. You can find us on Google Play Podcasts, and on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify Podcasts, and when you find us on Google and Apple, give us some ratings, all the seven chevrons. Tim Cook still hasn't made that change. They announced a bunch of hardware, but they didn't announce that they're changing their rating system to seven chevrons. Gosh darn it, uh, Tim Cook. Get it I your act patiently together. Await it. That's right. And when you're on Spotify, click that little heart button right there. That one. Yep. yep that's the one. That's the one. And yeah, so then also tell your friends about us because that is totally awesome and how people are finding out about us. And we continue to f- hear of people finding out about us, but how do we do that? How, how do we learn about this, Zach? Well, we learn about it when you email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. Woo. So email us and let us know what's happening there. Uh, we know we got an email just a little bit ago from, uh, gosh, now I don't, I don't have my email up and I don't remember exactly who it was, but thank you very much for emailing us. We appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. Uh, so follow us there and yep. Brent, you can see how bad Brent is at Twitter. Oh, it's pretty bad. Hey, I yep. put a, I managed to get a GIF in the last time though. Ooh. Well, yeah. that's pretty cool. So, yeah. you know, I on Facebook, I managed to post a nifty little picture of uh, <laughs> Jack and and uh, Daniel uh, in need uh, posting that 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 was up. So that was kind of cool. Also, Brent. Yeah. So so we have American listeners, we have Australian listeners, and mm-hmm. we have at least one gentleman from Portugal who hey. has joined us on our Facebook group. And so we say welcome to you, and uh, we are spreading across this great little globe of ours. Uh, Keep spreading the good news of all that is Stargate. (laughs) Yeah, and if if you are in a spot of the world and, and you're like, I'm in a better spot than that, then you should let us know. Absolutely. So, you know, we should have a, a war of uh, where is the best spot for Stargate listeners. So, I wonder if there's a way that we can turn this into like a game of risk. Just oh. thinking. I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't want to derail us because we could get into that re- those reads really easily. But That's true. Just, just thinking. Just, just, just a thought. So here's a challenge for you, dear listeners. Go on to Facebook, on our Facebook group, and tell us where you're from. Uh, we'd like to know. Uh, and, uh, you know, so wh- however much information you're willing to share, let us know so we can kind of get an idea of where our community resides. So uh, that'd be fun. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know if I don't have a copy of risk because I don't, I value my sanity, but, uh, uh, couple couple boards of risk and then we you and I, Zach, have resources that equal the number of listeners in each region. And then we, we, we go from there and whoever conquers the world wins. Uh, that's certainly a possibility, but you know what, Brent? Uh, I mean, we won't know what our resources are until people tell us. That, that's true. That's true. But I'm also going to tell you this. I'm not going to play Risk. <laughs> well, okay. That, that idea games. just went... Yeah. <laughs> but not love, Risk. But not Risk. <laughs> uh, but we're not here to talk about Risk. 
No, we're here to talk about Stargate, specifically Thor's Chariot. So, let's get into this. Yeah, let's do it. uh, The director of Thor's Chariot was William Garrity. This is his first of two directing credits this season. Uh, We saw his work a couple of times in season one with Broca Divide and Enigma. And uh, he has a total of 12 directing credits over the course of the series. series. So we'll see him again several more times. Yep. Okay, And cool. Brent, hmm? we have another one. That's right. William Garrity directed a couple of episodes of Kung Fu The Legend Continue. Nah. <laughs> That's right. It's becoming more and more apparent that... Kung Fu The Legend Continues is like a parallel show that probably should be watched. I don't have time to, to do this, but to watch that show in conjunction with <laughs> Stargate just because of the amount of pollination that's going on between that's these right. two shows. So Garrity directed two episodes in season four, Prism and Veil of Tears. And if mm. you want to know what Prism and Veil of Tears are, you can go to IMDb and get a quick peek at that. Uh, so... Uh, William Garrity was the director. The teleplay for Thor's Chariot was by your friend and mine, Catherine Powers. Catherine Powers. Yes. Uh, so she's got two more episodes this season, and I didn't write down which one uh, that is, but Brent, mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say she does not have any credits for Kung Fu The Legend Continues. Oh, well, wait a minute. But, but didn't she change her name? No, no it gets better. Oh. But she does have a connection with the original Kung Fu no! from the 1970s. Really? Yeah, so there was a Kung Fu TV show in the 1970s starring David Carradine. And then yeah. in the 90s, they had Kung Fu The Legend Continues. Yes. Starring David Carradine and, and whatever else. And she yes. wrote a couple of episodes of the original Kung no. Fu. Oh my gosh, this is great. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <clears throat> it's like uh it's like the six degrees of Catherine powers absolutely or no i guess kung fu i guess that, that's really what it is it's the six degrees uh, of kung fu the uh, Legend david carradine <laughs> yeah that's it i guess <laughs> uh if you want more information about Catherine or about william uh go listen to our other podcasts we share more information about them in the yes. future so including the the infamous Catherine powers scale that's right. Are we going to talk about that more later, Brent? Of course we will. Okay. All right. So, uh, Thor's Chariot originally aired on July 31, 1998. And in the UK was Viva Forever by the Spice Girls. It was number one uh-huh. on the charts. Uh, I figured out what happened last time. There was a problem with my browser, and when I hit the go button, it didn't actually load the page for 1998. Uh, and so I just... Yeah. Assume it had loaded because it was Why finished. Not? And I'm like, oh, there it is. Okay. There's there's the number one jam. There's the number that one. That was hilarious. Um, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Especially so, us slow jamming to Jamiroquai. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> talk about non sequitur. Yeah. <laughs> But no, we got Viva Forever. And so once again, I am. Thank you, by the way, Zach, for looking up these UK charts, because I and you know what? Stick a pin in the idea about uh, looking up the Australia charts, too. Um, But uh, uh, because these number one songs, I'm like, I don't remember that one. And then I'll look them up. And often I have heard them. Right. Like they weren't the number one song in the US, but they were on the charts, but they weren't like 
so high up on the charts that I just keep hearing them over and over again whenever I pull up my 90s playlists anywhere. So uh, I'm having a great time looking up these songs. <laughs> and, and, being like, and again, it's going to happen again. I'm going to have to look up Viva Forever. So, so Zach, so you know what this means. Oh, we're gonna have we're gonna, we're gonna do a jam to Viva Forever without without actually hearing it. So you ready? That's right. I don't even know the song. So hey, <laughs> the, I, yeah, I don't either. But it's probably gonna be a fast dance song because that's Spice Girls. Oh, that's true. And here we go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good beat. Jamming. Totally, totally rocking. Jamming. And yeah. Ooh, that, that, that's a good, that one. That's a that's a feel good song. That's that's a oh. that's a summertime that's a summertime blockbuster. That's, that that is a summertime blockbuster. Let's let, let's, uh, let's let's ease that one out. There we go. All right, that was nice. Because we can't afford it. No, no, we, we can't. We can't. Uh, so I am looking for the Australian charts. Oh wait a minute! I, I didn't even make a comment about how in the U.S. is it really still, 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 still the boy is mine. I, I I'm not saying anything. I said I wasn't going to say anything, so I'm not saying anything. Oh, that's right. You did say. You are not going to talk about the U.S. until there's a different song. <laughs> well, okay. I guess that's that then. <laughs> that's that. All right. Um, I don't know. I can't find the, the Australian charts fast, so we're going to move. Oh, on. yeah. Well, you know what? Okay, you start talking about the movies. I'm going to look up to see if I can find All right. the, the charts. All right. So in the box office for this weekend, we have Saving Private Ryan again as number one. Uh, the Parent Trap popped up there as number two. There's Something About Mary is number three. The Negotiator is number four. And Ever After, A Cinderella Story is number five. Nice. So there's a nice little bit of movies going on there. Um, I remember watching the, the new Parent Trap. I don't remember anything about it. I didn't see it in the theater. Uh, I did not see Ever After, A Cinderella Tale, Cinderella Story in the theater either, but I have seen that one. Uh, I have not seen The Negotiator. So, Zach. Um, so, Brent. I have found the number one song in Australia for July 31st, 1998. Ah. It is The Cup of Life slash Maria by Ricky Martin. Wow. You remember Ricky Martin? I, I remember Wait Ricky. Wait, is, is that is the this same? Is really accurate? Yeah, it is. Yep, yep, sure is. Yep, okay. Hmm. Yeah, Ricky oh, Martin. The Cup of Life of Maria. Why Why two songs? And why is this one, like, highlighted? Did he totally, like, have some... I don't know. Maybe I'll look into it a little bit later. But I still don't know The Cup of Life or Maria. Maria? Do I know Maria? Whatever. I'll pop that in right now. There it yeah. is. Well, I don't know. And I'm going to pretend like I recognize this song. Oh, oh so we're going to oh, that one, too. Okay. I don't know this song. Yeah. No, don't know it. Not at all. All right. All right. So, what happened... On July 31st, 1998. Short mm-hmm. answer, nothing. Nah. <laughs> On August 1st, uh, the Gay and Lesbian Games number five opens in Amsterdam. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So these are sort of like the Olympic Games that, uh, ha- I don't know, that support gay and lesbian communities or something like that. I didn't look that closely into it. If you mm-hmm. know more about it, let me know. Uh, but, uh, so they've had games every, you know, while, uh, and in 1998 was the fifth one. So there you have it. That was August 1st. Nice. Um, so trivia about this episode. Um, Yes. So you will recall 
that uh, during our Thor's Hammer episode, I said that Thor's Michael Shanks Hammer. did the voice of Thor. Yes. And I think I actually got it wrong. I think it was probably Mark Gibbon, but I don't remember who uh, for sure did the voice of, you know, like the, the Viking Thor and whatnot. And uh, and I think that the when, when Thor is revealed to be a Roswell alien... Um, right. I think it's still Mark Gibbon, or at least not Michael Shanks in this episode, who does the voice of Thor. However, spoiler hmm. alert, we're going to see Thor again. Okay. And when we see Thor again, he will actually be voiced by Michael Shanks at that point in time. Aha. So, gotcha. So, so later on, yep. Michael Shanks will be called in to emulate, what's his name, doing Thor. Yeah, I, I think he's just going to do his own thing, but, you know. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Anyway. So, so that's what I have for trivia. Goofs. So there were quite a number of these. Uh, mm-hmm. When the real Thor transports Carter and Jackson from the Hall of Thor's might, Jackson is not wearing a hat. And Thor transports Carter and a hatless Jackson to the forest. And when Jackson <laughs> reintegrates, he is wearing his hat. Well, you know. He's yeah. just being polite. Yeah, yeah. Um, Don't also, forget your hat. Also, the runes are all kinds of messed up. Uh, oh. They were drawn incorrectly. Uh, Daniel misinterprets the meaning of some <laughs> of them. Um, but, you know, hey, also the numbers that they represent are inaccurate. Uh, oh, even better. He states that the numbers are 3, 14, 15, and 9. Right. When, in fact, they represent 3, 14, 19, and 5. Oh, boy. That is not That is not pi. That is not pi. Three one four one nine five is it, it's close. It's close, but it's it, not it, pi. It's not pi. Uh, no, uh, the solution I've got to things the puzzle to say about that riddle also is uh, incorrectly implies that pi is the ratio of a circle's radius to its circumference, and it's actually a uh, ratio of its diameter to right. its circumference, not radius. I mean, Circum- I guess you could do you could continue to do a little bit of math, but it's not in its simplest form. I mean, you know, pi is all about circles, but okay, fine. Right. Um, and then, of course, at the very beginning of the episode, uh, you hear the staff sergeant who is uh, manning the controls uh, say, hey, we're not getting an IDC signal, but the wormhole right. hasn't opened yet. So we they keep doing that. have gotten a signal. Uh, so yeah. that, that, uh, that actually was making me think a little bit. <clears throat> about the timing of it because you can't put the iris in front of the kawoosh because the kawoosh destroys everything. Um, you know, they right. play very, very loose with that. And, and uh-huh. the, the kawoosh, I have never seen the, the iris and the kawoosh have a problem with each other. Right. So theoretically, the kawoosh happens and as soon as the kawoosh stops, then the iris closes. But that gives you that tiny fraction of time, theoretically, even though maybe later it's established that, you know, just the... The, the the timing of it is it, it will never be this way. You know, the kawoosh will never end with the the traveler like immediately stepping through the watery the watery thing. Right. Um, you know, maybe there's always a bit of a time and the amount of time necessary to get the iris closed is enough and blah 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 and kathud. There's the kawoosh and then there's the kathud. With the iris. Well when you hit the iris. Yeah. And you go splat. Yeah. So what are we getting? I, that at? was that. No, I don't know. Oh, Never okay. mind. Carry on. Okay. Well, no, I'm 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 done. Oh, you're done. Yeah. Those, okay. those, are, those are my goofs. 
Those are the goofs. So now yeah. it's my turn. It is your turn. <clears throat> it's my turn to talk. It is. Uh, this is the synopsis of Thor's Chariot. Uh, taken. Uh, Zach pasted it in. I take. I, I guess it's from uh, Stargate Command. Is that yeah. right, Zach? Yeah. So I edited it up. Edited it up a little bit. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> let me just clear my throat in front of the mic here. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. Yep, there you go. That's good audio right there. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. All right, so here we go. A world makes a connection to the Earth Stargate. Stargate Command receives no IDC, so the iris remains closed. Something impacts it, destroyed in the process. The object, later analyzed, was not organic, but contained high levels of iridium. This convinces Captain Samantha Carter that the object was the Sagan Institute box. They left it with the Sumerians to give to Thor should he show up. They assumed that he got it. SGC sends a malp to Samaria, and it shows troubling images. Dead Samarians, dead Jaffa. Then they see Gerwin pleading for help, because the Etins, meaning the Gul'uld, have come. SG-1 feels responsible as they destroyed Thor's hammer to free Teal'c. This left the planet open to Gul'uld attack. On arriving on Samaria, that's a funny way to say it, upon arriving on Samaria, SG-1 finds a large Gua'uld presence under the command of Heru'ur. Heru'ur? Heru'ur. Heru'ur. Just pretend like you have marbles in your mouth and say hero. Under the commander, hero. Son of Ra and Hathor. Good pedigree. Kendra can help. Who now? What? Good pedigree. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, right. No, that was a line. Um, Anyway, uh, (laughs) Kendra can help them further, so they ask to see her. This saddens Gerwin, and she agrees to take them to her. They go to Kendra's grave, and they examine the grave goods left next to her grave. Carter finds out that she can use Kendra's Karakesh, though with some effort. She cannot, however, use the Gul'uld healing device. They then retreat with Gerwin to the caves where the population are hiding. The team discuss what options they have, and Gerwin mentions Thor's might. There is a hall somewhere nearby, closely guarded, which holds the power of Thor. Dr. Daniel Jackson, Carter, and Gerwin look for the hall of Thor's might. They suspect it contains weaponry. Colonel Jack O'Neill and Teal'c slow down the Jaffa advance using conventional weapons. Carter, Jackson, and Gerwin find a lone carved monument. Is this the hall? Wasn't Jackson expecting something more hall-like? Upon touching the forbidden stone, a beam teleports them into the Hall of Thor's might. A hologram of Thor demands they complete his challenges to prove their worth. The hall gives them a test of balance, which proves to be actually a test of teamwork and of sacrifice. They pass. Then the hall gives them a test of intelligence, requiring them to identify Pi and draw it. This time, Thor appears in his true form, a Roswell Gray. This shocks Carter, Jackson, and Gerwin. As they discuss the revelation, the hologram shocks them further. Thor is communicating with them in real time from his flagship. Jackson and Carter 
ask where the weapons are, and Thor tells them that the weapons were not the reward of the tests. They checked the advancement of the Sumerians before revealing the true nature of the Asgard. SG-1's outside interference irritates Thor, and he transports Carter and Jackson back to the planet's surface without Garwin. Disappointed, they return to the caves. They meet O'Neill and Teal'c, who have, been retreated, who have retreated from the fighting. Jaffa have discovered the caves, and they demand complete surrender. This forces SG-1 to surrender themselves, saving the remaining Sumerians. As Jaffa escort them back to the Hatak, an even larger spaceship appears in the sky. They realize this must be Thor's chariot. All the Jaffa and their ships disappear as white rays emanating from Thor's chariot sweep the area. Hurururu is annoy- annoyingly escapes through the Stargate at the last minute. Garwin materializes next to them and tells them that Thor gave her a message. They are friends to all, protector of all, all except the Gu'uld with whom they are at war. Thor's new hammer will make an exception for the one called Teal'c. SG-1 can leave, knowing Samaria is once again safe. The end. The end. So, Wonderful Zach. job, Brent. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> what do you what are what are your thoughts about this? What one, are my Zach? thoughts? You know I got some issues with it, but overall mm-hmm. I kind of like it. Um Okay. Uh I'm trying to parse out why I like it. I'm There's definitely some pieces about it which are uh, satisfying in the story arc kind of way, right? Right. We're going back to Samaria. We're reengaging with uh, with uh, the Sumerians. We're again interacting with Thor. We're learning more about the Asgard, right? There's a lot in here. I as think far it's as advancing all of the, the meta narrative in mm. this. Uh, yes, my computer is beeping at me, so that's what you're beep, hearing. Beep, there. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, astute listeners will know that my voice sounds a little bit more echoey than normal, and that's because I am mm. in my office at work, and there's a lot of sharp, angular walls. <laughs> okay, computer, stop doing that for crying out loud. All right. Sorry. That's okay, uh, we'll edit this out. Oh. It's fine. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> You're learning. <laughs> you make me feel all warm and fuzzy, and then you shatter my dreams. Oh, I'm just trying to see if you're listening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, you know, the, the meta information about uh, uh, Thor, he's a Roswell Gray alien. Um, there's a lot to chew on with that. Um, he's actually alive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got the stuff with Carter and the ability to use Guawold devices. Um, yes. That's kind of interesting. Um, you know, so there's a lot of little things I like coming back to Samaria. 
Uh, it introduces a new Guauld system lord that we have to deal with, Heru Ur, um, who is related to Ra and Hathor, which we've seen both of them, and of course Apophis yes. is still around. Um, so all of those pieces I, I really enjoy about this episode. Um, and as I was watching it this time, I was noticing just a lot of little things that just kind of irked mm-hmm. me. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. seriously? And of course, a lot of these, frankly, fall on the lap of our good friend, Catherine Powers. Yep. Um, Catherine! Catherine! So, um... Uh, you know, so like they're they're talking. Actually, things were going really smoothly. I liked it, and then all of a sudden they're sitting around the campfire, and all of a sudden Garrowin says, "Ah, if only we had Thor's might!" Right. And I'm like, "Where the heck did that come from?" I know. It, I know. It, it just. I mean, it moves the story along, but it's just like, uh, yeah. so if only we had the MacGuffin for the rest of this episode, and now I'm right. going to introduce it to you in a very clunky way. Right. Yeah. Now, that, that there was, um, I'm kind of right there with you in that, like, there was, there was so many little bits and bobs in through here that were tantalizing and uh, helped move the overall story forward. Um, but boy, did it feel like a Cliff's Notes version? Um, you know, there because because you're right. There are there are a ton of little tiny things in here that just get teased a little bit. But because there are too many things, none of them feel particularly satisfying. Yeah. So I was talking. I got to watch this last night, um, mm-hmm. and I was watching with Julie, and she made the quick comment, and I think I agree with her. Like, it feels like there are like. At least two, if not three, or even four episodes that should be here, and that each mm-hmm. of these little bits should have been uh, drawn out and given their own uh, stuff. But as it yep. was, it was just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, yep. and and uh, nothing quite really, uh, you know. So like they were going to use those the the claymores or whatever they had there the the grenades you know to to slow down them but they were going to use them like to attack the 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 pyramids I thought and they booby trap an area of shrubs of Vancouver uh, Forest and and thankfully the bad guys walk through that area. <laughs> <laughs> Acres upon acres, hundreds of thousands of square miles of area in which to walk in. This is the one path they choose. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I mean, that story could have been drawn out. It's like, how do they, how do they dig into, uh, into that? Um, You know, that would have been cool. Uh, And, you know, presuming, because that final, that final scene, like the reveal of the Asgard ship. Uh, and then it's just uh, effortless method of disposing with the Gould. Um You know, I mean, that's yeah. the ultimate in Deus Ex Machina for sure. But like, I have to assume that that is probably going to come back again somehow. Maybe. Um, I mean, not necessarily like it could be here and gone, but that's just not how it's it's not how they're setting things up. So um, I, I know that turning this into a two-parter is a little weird. Like, you know, is this really deserving of two parts? Well, I don't know. But at least it would feel like the pacing would be a little bit better. Yeah. 
Like you could you could have a moment where you are like struggling against the Gould and then discover a reference or something about Thor's might, right? As opposed to sitting around the campfire and being all like, I know. Let's use Thor's might. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know where it is. It's like geez, that's that's just too fast. And then they didn't spend any time really getting into um Carter's ability to use Gould tech. You know, there was a couple of minutes. Yep. And it's, you know, showing that she can struggle a little bit and make the weapon thing fire, but she can't get the healing thing to hire to work at all. And then you see her again futzing with the healer thing and still can't work. But, you know, that that because it's done so quickly, it feels yeah. uh it's cheapened. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is not a two-part episode. There it shouldn't have been two-part, no. but you should have if we're going to talk about Thor's chariot, if 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 this was going to be the episode that we reveal who Thor is, which yes. I mean that's the big thing about this episode is that you watch this episode and you discover who is Thor. Um, that's the so if that's the story, then you then you have them all recognize that they are stuck on the planet, they have to deal with the Gulwuld, and they simply can't. Right. Right, because early right. on it suggests that okay, this is going to be a big tough task, but you know maybe we can do it. We could probably take out those pyramids. We're going to be struggling when the big ships come, but okay, but we can at least deal with this. They ignored that, so you mm-hmm. take that all out there and you say, okay, how can we do this? And then you bring in there is lore about this, and maybe they find it in a different way rather than a rather deus ex machina. Oh, if only we right. had Thor's might. And then rather than having, I mean, I suppose at that point in time, you could maybe split the party up and have Teal'c and, and uh, uh, O'Neill work on just trying to slow the enemy down, which is really all they did. Um, right. But that's not how it was billed early on. If it was billed that that's what they were doing, then you, I could see that that would play out nicely. Um, but it was billed as, okay, we're going to go take on those uh, pyramids that we never saw close up. Also, like, was it this episode? Like, the pyramids, were they getting, like, constructed mm-hmm. on the ground? And they were getting constructed in a very, very fast kind of weird way, right? Yes. In a very advanced technology kind of way. Yep. I mean, like you actually okay, could look at them and see them go, yep. like, like, they were, they, like, like they were visibly growing. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. Um, so that wasn't, that wasn't me imagining things. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was real. That was yes. real. Um, uh, which was kind of a neat effect. Um I don't know if it added much to the story. I took that to mean that they were uh, back on Samaria to create some more warships, right? They could finally return. Somehow they figured out they could return. And once they returned, they were like, yes, this is a place where we need to go to build a couple more attack ships. Let's do it. So they go and that's what they're doing. Yeah. And that's when our team arrives. And, but, um, uh, but again, Talk about another little moment where there could have been more information given on that right. one. There, that would have been an okay little piece revealed. of story. I mean, nah, is, this is me just assuming stuff. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just, uh, so, you know, I love the reveal of Thor. 
Uh, and I actually enjoy the little the challenges to try to get to that place. Um, yeah, the first I liked the first one. Well, you know, um, the the second one is kind of cool. Um, except in now theory, it, but it was not well executed. Well, I'll grant you that, but but I'm I'm talking about the theoreticals here. Um, yeah, uh, but even when I was watching it, even before I knew that the runes were wrong, it felt. Um, it just felt a little, uh, I don't know, felt a little silly. The, uh, the spot that really made it feel silly to me, um, I mean, it, it, we got to the point where, uh, you know, uh, Jackson's like, I, I don't know what to do with this. This doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And then you see Thor pop up and says, oh, well, don't feel bad. Um, you know, many have tried, few have succeeded. Uh, maybe right. when you're older. Um, and he's like, wait, 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 wait pause okay so all of this stuff i'm totally cool with and then he's like huh oh here look uh let me just give the exact answer that we need to move the story along (laughs) it was just rushed there was so much so much about this story that was rushed yeah like i i think that 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 there are spots where not enough information was given and the spots where information was given felt rushed and so, as a result, there's all these little neato nuggets, and none of them feel good. Maybe not none. Well, yeah, n- none might be overstating it, but you are at, but, you're right. Now the Roswell, the Roswell Gray thing. Uh, wait a minute. What was the line? They really were out there, or the tr- something. Something made me think of the X Files. Oh, um, okay. And I don't know if they were doing that as a as an as an homage or what, but um, never having you know, really watched the X Files, I didn't catch it. Um, well, and it, and it was only a, like a tangential X Files reference because okay, we're about to we're about to lose a whole lot of li- listeners. Uh, neither have I really watched the X Files either. Oh, um, but oh. I know, revoke my nerd card. Yeah, fine, there it here, is. Here's, here's my nerd card. Yeah. All right. I'll just have to. Mint a new one. Oh, uh, anyway, a new one. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's funny how that works. <laughs> no one can take my nerd card away. No it's one fine. can take away the nerd card. Um. Anyway, the uh uh yeah. So so revealing the Asgard to be either directly or like possibly the Roswell Greys was you know I don't know. I didn't feel like that was a. I felt like that was a little bit of an eye roll for me. Hmm. Um. Not, I don't know why, you know, I bet you it was because all the way up until that point, it was just thing after thing after thing where I was like, meh, meh. it was like, Ooh, what's this? Oh, we're, 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 it's, it's either simplistically explained or moving along. Meh. Oh, what's this? Oh, simplistically explained or we're moving along. Meh. And over and over and over. And then we get to finally seeing Thor, finally seeing the Asgard and, oh, it's the Roswell Grays. Hey, neat. Meh, moving along. You're like it like it was yet another moment where like it could have been there could have been so much more said and yeah. they just didn't, you know, they they didn't they didn't say it. Well, there was they, 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 they just they moved said right as along. Much as they could have given the amount of time that they had. Well, then there we go. Then you the story bit off more than it could chew. Which is what I said earlier. Mhm. Um mm-hmm. Yep. So the, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking 
Uh, I think that for me, the reveal of the Asgard, the reveal of Thor. Um, so, like, remember when we were talking about Enigma, which mm-hmm. uh, was also an episode directed by uh, William Garrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we were talking about that, you hated that episode. Mm-hmm. You thought it was awful. And, and I kind of had this nostalgic feel to it. And you were trying to figure out why the heck I would have anything nostalgic for this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I said at that point in time that I think, you know, maybe a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, uh, in Enigma, we are introduced to the Tolans. And you yeah. get to see the Tolans again. And so, you know, for me, it's like, this is the episode where we get to meet the Tolans. Yeah. Um, right. You know, I I cannot separate myself from the reality that this is the episode yeah, where we yeah. get to meet who Thor is. And yeah. I get to go, yay, we get to meet Thor right. in this episode. I right. can't separate myself from that. Right. Versus where I'm coming at it and it's like, hey, cool. Wait, where are they going? Whoa, that got resolved fast. Wait a minute. Was this really? Hang on. Like, <laughs> stop for a minute. Come back. Hold on. and Tell me more. No, don't go. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. How come he has his hat on now? Come on, guys. Like, it's like uh, it, 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 it moved. It just moved too fast. It, it, this one was just moving too fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't, uh, one thing that I, I do want to mention here uh, that as, as you watch this, and you kind of mentioned this at the, at the end, um, Thor's chariot comes and just like, yep, boom, all done. And I'm like, vacuum cleaner, uh, which which is kind of cool, actually. It's like, wow, the Asgard really have some serious superior firepower. They're way bigger and better than the Guawuld. Hopefully, they're on our side. Um, Right. Which also then begs the question: if they have this much power. And at least on some level, they are willing to use it. Yes. Why aren't yes. they? I don't. Right. I don't know. And then, and then, and then, Garwin. 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 Garwin shows up at the end, and just oh, that was so lame. She hits her mark, and she proudly proclaims, as if she's on stage, that the Asgard are friend to all, all except the Gould, to which they are at war. Like, it was just a lame line. <laughs> it was just, it was just silly. And, 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 and you all are welcome here. And the new Thor's hammer is going to be able to distinguish from the billions upon trillions of entities in the universe, this one named Teal. Like, it's like nah. it, it was it was another moment of like that was too convenient. Like it was just it was lame, is what it was. And I think that part of the reason why I'm so worked up about it is because there were so many moments where it didn't have to be lame, right? Right. Like I didn't like Enigma in part because I felt it was kind of hobbled in what it was saying. Like it 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 wasn't telling us enough. Um, I didn't think. And the spots that it was telling us were just so, I don't know, like, arrogance, the word that keeps popping into my head, and I'll stick with it for now, but maybe there's a better way to say it. But anyway, it was just so, it was just so, it was just so, um, it was just so full of hubris. Hmm. And, uh, like, 
you should feel so lucky that we're giving you this kind of information type of a thing. I didn't like that. And on this one, it didn't, it didn't really come across as having like that kind of hubris aspect to it, but it was along the lines of, okay, sit down. We've got 40 minutes to tell you a lot of stuff. So here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Like, it's like, (laughs) whoa, whoa. Just because you're telling me that this stuff is occurring doesn't mean that this is at all a satisfying experience. And if the whole engagement that we're having here, I sit on a couch and watch your show is that I get entertained. Well, we're missing a mark here. Like this isn't, this isn't a, uh, this isn't a cramming session before an exam. This is a television show. And if you're finding that you're, that it's difficult to get all of the ideas in, into this one episode, maybe it's time to trim a few. And only focus on what you can get done. Now, if every idea in this episode becomes deeply integral to the uh, entirety of season two uh, in a way that it was imp- that would be impossible to integrate these elements into any other storyline, then I suppose you have no choice, right? You've yeah. got to tell this story by the end of season two. You've got your map laid out. You've got uh, how many left? 20 episodes left less than that um about 15 like yeah 15 episodes left of the season like you gotta get all this stuff in or else none of this is going to make sense in the future Uh, okay again maybe you're biting off more than you can chew but whatever but the way that it was presented and rapid fire delivered and then just kind of clumsily done uh and then and then to learn that some of the stuff is just flat out incorrect um and that's just sloppy uh it was just sloppy i mean i think that that's it is that there's a lot about this episode that felt sloppy now that i'm really kind of saying it like like it should have gone through a few more drafts so and they i didn't, have a they question didn't give it for time. you brent mm-hmm. um if this episode went too fast and right. there were too many things in it and they just kind of sped through it such that it was hard to follow and really not satisfying does that mean i should slow down when i say walking through the stargate <laughs> See, there's a difference. You repeat it every week. Oh, so if we yes. watched this episode at this speed every week, then it would be good. Uh, <laughs> thank you for taking my words and technically making them true. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> However, to the point... If we repeat some of these themes, oh well, then maybe that's how they do it. Eh, maybe okay. If we're hitting a lot of these themes over and over and over again, ah, you see, but there's a difference. You're right. So what is the difference? So we are slowly getting this theme repeated over and again that Sam Carter, because she was a host to a Gulwold, has access to all of these weird magical-ish abilities, uh, and they keep coming back over and again as being something that could probably be helpful. And yeah, I know what they're doing. I know that the television magic that's going to happen. They're going to come. There's going to point, be a point somewhere where she kind of puts it all together and like totally kick somebody's butt. It's gonna be great. But, um, you know, so every little bit here, we're getting a little bit more information. They're repeating it over and over and over again. Okay, fine. I'll let that one go. But let's pick up the bowl of Asgardy information and, Calamari, no, not Calamari. What are these guys called? The Sumerians, that's it. Um, <laughs> calamari. Or Shimerians. <laughs> Sumerians? Shimerians? Sumerians. I have it written down wrong one somewhere. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, we had an episode uh, last season, and that one felt great, man. That was a great episode. 
just the right amount of information presented at just the right pacing with just enough nuggets of helpful information that could advance the storyline overall. Like it was great. And we're back. And that's also awesome. Uh, And the situation has changed and that's, that's terrible. And let's try to fix it, which is great. But the odds suddenly are revealed to be completely overwhelming and there's no way they can do it. Oh, except for this one little plot point. Oh, let's zip over to here. Oh, let's quickly get into the spot. Oh, let's quickly get through the spot. Like, oh, let's quickly reveal that there were no weapons. Um, Meanwhile, our other heroes are not doing nothing. Let's see what they're doing. Oh, they're blowing up people. Okay, back to the original story. Like, it was hasty. It was just hasty. Didn't feel good. Didn't feel good. Didn't feel good. So, Brent, mm-hmm. um, Catherine Powers. Yeah. She has a scale. Yes, she does. Um, tell me about that scale. Where, so, where does this fall? So... Um, I can't remember the exact titles, but the first couple of episodes... Wasn't the first one Emancipation? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So she started off literally at the bottom of the barrel. Oh, yeah. And then in the span of two stories, a total of three, rocketed oh, yeah. towards near the top. I, sorry. Yeah. So... That was also wait, full was of, of, of too quick and not thought out thoughts. Yes. Sorry. Yes, and it, that one was middling, right? So so she starts off with this terrible, terrible story that clearly the best way we can present it is that it was sitting in an envelope somewhere that she had written 30 years prior and trotted the thing out. Like, sure, I've got a story. Here it is. Um, and then, then she writes Thor's Hammer, and it's good, man. It is good. Pacing is good. Story is good. Acting is good. Everything about it is good. It's a lot of fun. And so I'm imagining that her abilities to transcend human thought and to create the most perfect piece of television is totally possible within my lifetime. But then she disappoints me, uh, sliding back down into the middling territory, at which point I postulate that the Catherine Power scale is actually a sine wave. Well, making things difficult for me is that I think her next two shows, maybe three, I can't remember how many she's written so far. So after have Thor been- Sammer was Fire and Water... Yeah. Which we each gave it kind of a middling. I gave it a three. You gave it a four. Yeah. And then her next episode was Enigma. Yeah. Which you kind of marked out as a three. And, and I had three five. Yeah. And then her next episode is Thor's Chariot. Oh. So maybe it's the spike slowing into a flat line, like a, an oscilloscope type of a thing where. Because, um, yeah, this one, again, is just middle of the road. There's some really neat ideas poorly executed. Versus a bunch of terrible ideas poorly executed, like in Emancipation. <laughs> right. Okay, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of twist this a little bit here. Uh-huh. You said there, there are some good ideas poorly executed or middling mm-hmm. ideas, whatever. How much of that is on Catherine and how much of that is on William? Yeah, okay. Uh she wrote the teleplay. That's so true. um you know, you can only you can only do so much with the directing uh which you know, I think actually my biggest problem with the directing was at the tail end when Garwin was delivering her last line. Like I wonder even now that I'm thinking about it if at that point uh William was like, "All right, I've done all I can." <laughs> 
And this last line is seriously the worst. Fine. Stand here, chest out, proud face, say your line, rule rap. Like, 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 th- it was just that, it was just that lame. It was just that, and, you know, it was just, it could be more and it wasn't. And so, yeah, I think that a lot of my criticisms are on the teleplay. Um, ideas that were, uh, that, that there was a serious attempt at explaining and you have to do it through the words that are written on the page. And that's on Catherine. Uh, you know, too many, too many ideas, too many scene changes too. Well, not, you know, I don't know if there were too many scene changes, but definitely too many ideas uh, and not enough time spent on any of them. And you end up zipping through 14 important things in the span of 40 minutes. Fair enough. So it is Catherine. It is Catherine. 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 Okay. Well, yeah. Brent, do you have anything more to add about Thor's chariot? Nope. I have said all I need you to say about it. You have said all you need to say. So, then I ask you, how many chevrons are you going to give Catherine Powers Thor's chariot? <laughs> all right. I was really interested in returning back to Samaria. I'm excited that we get to engage with the Asgard again. I liked all the little bits of information that were given to me. I wish that there was more and not more pieces. I wish there was more explanation. I wish there was more context and, and, and having these things fit inside the story a little tighter. So it's going to be a three and it's because there's an average on this one where there's some cool things and I liked them and they were done in a way that was annoying or dissatisfying and not crunchy or not, not juicy, you know, pick your adjective. Um, it just was unsatisfying. And so as a result, this one was like, yeah, all right. Uh, I don't think that you can avoid this episode. I think you got to watch it because I think there's so much information in there, but I don't think you're going to have a good time with it. So you're giving it a three. Yes. So I got to look at this episode and, Mm -hmm. Um, you're right. There's there's either too much or not enough in this episode. Um, I'm not certain which one is actually true. One of those two is. Um, <laughs> it either is or it is not. Yes. And by definition, therefore, this is a true statement. <laughs> yes. Um, Nailed it. Uh, so, um, oh gosh, now you derailed my thought. That's oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. right. So there's either too much or not enough. Right. Um, but it also has Thor in it. Yes. And I'm going to be honest. I love Thor. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to see a lot of Thor as the series progresses. And if that's a spoiler, so be it. Uh, I love <laughs> Thor. And we get to meet Thor. Now, I, I did think that, you know, Thor as this Viking thing uh, was really, really dumb. And, you know, we saw that in Thor's hammer and we saw this early on here. And I am very happy that we move away from that because that faux Scandinavian thing is just weird. But we get to meet Thor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course, then there's also a whole lot of other things in this episode that are really weird. Um I'm going to give it more than you gave it. I'm not going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a four. I think for me, Mm -hmm. 
that Thor, the fact that we meet Thor, that Thor's in it, that we really get to establish the beginnings of this, uh, that we that we realize that you know not only are the Asgard uh, benevolent, they're they're friends to humans at least on some level. They're uber powerful. Um, all of that bumps it up a little bit more for me. So I'm going to give it a four. Uh, it's a nice. little bit okay. more than than that halfway mark, and you're pushing it a little bit less than the halfway. So I'm giving it a four. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So fine. Oh, are you going to argue with me? No. Oh, okay. I'm just recognizing where we are in this little in this in the in the grand in the grand arc. Yeah. Right. Like I appreciate that later on, I'm probably going to be thinking more kindly on this episode because I'll have more information. But right now, I don't have it. Yep. Yep. Um, so the next episode, Brent, mm-hmm. is called "Message in a Bottle." Mm-hmm. What is "Message in a Bottle" about? What was the name of the planet where we were just at, where um, they were mining Nakuda? Uh, Did we get a? I don't know if we got a name was that, of that planet. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if we got a planet. All right. The SG-1 team returns to the planet where Daniel Jackson briefly became king of all and god of all and totally awesome of all, promising once again to help the folks mine Naquita. As they begin their operations, they begin to also uh, re- uh, start up again the, 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 the transport uh, tradition of sending Naquita through the Stargate. Why are we doing this, says O'Neill. We're trying to keep up with local customs, says Jackson. As they send one of the Naquita transports through the gate, suddenly they receive some information. A bottle, which once contained Naquita, comes back. Inside they find Sting! Yes, the actor, Sting. They're uh, singing his, his number one jam, Message in a Bottle. I'll send an SOS to the world. I'll send. What is this? How did this suddenly happen? The SG-1 team is completely befuddled. Will they solve the mystery of Sting inside the Nakoda container in Message in a Bottle? Tune in next week. <laughs> okay. How was it? So, How'd I do? So, so Brent... Uh, yeah, you can't send things back through an outgoing wormhole. We have speculated that, but I don't know if we've firmly established it yet. Oh, maybe this is the episode where we suddenly realize why that can't happen. Okay, maybe they get a message. You can send electromagnetic waves back. Yeah, but not objects. But you can send back a message. Oh, well, fine, but you were talking about a bottle of <laughs> old Nakwita. I was talking about the artist named Sting inside one of those. <laughs> like, suddenly, he got really diminutive. So, so it's like it's like genie, right? Just just rub it on the yes. side, and then poof. Yes, that's right. Sting. You pop open the lid, and there's Sting. Yeah, is exactly. he holding Sting? By the way, is he holding Sting? Sting holding Sting. Sting holding. Oh, that's sting. the message. That's the, the message. message the message sting. is oh, that J.R.R. Tolkien's universe is real. Yes. Yes. That exactly. Gandalf and the hobbits and Frodo <laughs> and the elves exist. It's all real. All they got to do is find a mithril chain shirt and everything's going to be fine. 
that Naquita's got. Hey, maybe that's what it is. Naquita in this universe is Mithril in the other. Ooh. Oh, it's so, it makes so much sense. Yeah, there you go. So much sense. You get some dwarves working that Mithril over. Ah, perfect. Ah. Well, that's so, th- that's an option. I'm I'm excited to find uh to see to see uh, Frodo in this uh in this teaser. Okay, so shall we watch the teaser? Yeah, let's do All it. Right. I'm hitting go now. Whoa! Stop! Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not hitting go. Everything everything reset for me, and now I am almost ready. And there is a message. Okay, I'm now I'm ready. Okay, you, I'm hitting go now. Okay. Next on Stargate SG One. On a barren world, an ancient civilization left a Hey, it's the moon! Whoa, it's a... They went to great pains to leave this behind. Where's the monolith with the monkey? Any idea what we're dealing with here? It's the artifact, sir. Something's wrong. Uh This is one present that should never have been opened. It does not wish to be removed. That's too damn bad. And there's no sending it back. Oh, no! Get out of here! Oh, goodness! Wow. Oh, no! Can we beat this thing? Well, like the Colonel always says, never give up, right? We'll make our stand right here. Can never give up. On the next Star Never Gate surrender. SG-1. Shoot it! Shoot it? Is that what he's... Is he going to turn into a pterodactyl again? Well, it's possible. He did say shoot it. <laughs> Ooh. That one's a lot better than finding Sting inside a Nakoda container. <laughs> 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 you know, so, maybe but, Sting makes an appearance. Now, I'm actually kind of excited to see them on the moon, though, too. Like, once again, we're kind of back into that, like, it's apparently easier to train people to be astronauts than to train astronauts to do anything else. Like, <laughs> like we've discovered an object on the moon. Let's send astronauts to retrieve it. No, no, no. Let's send SG-1 to retrieve it. Ah, uh, well... <laughs> We will have to wait and see I wonder if they're what gonna, happens. I wonder if they're going to tell me how they get to the moon, and they better not use a shuttle. That's all I got to say. <laughs> well, oh, boy. I I'm excited. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> oh, I bet you it's going to be a disaster. I bet you I'm going to have lots of things to say about that. <laughs> I oh. am I'm excited. my mouth shut. Yeah, you should, but I am excited. Yep. Oh, uh, you should be excited because it's more Stargate. More Stargate. You know, that's that's that, that's sort of the baseline of it all, isn't it? That, that's right. More Stargate. So, uh, you folks out there, you good listeners, you wonderful people, go back, go on to Facebook, to the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook group page, and tell us where you are from. Uh, yes. So we get an idea so that Brent can make his w- nifty Risk game that I will I want to do it. Mm-hmm. But... But, uh, you know, I, I like Brent enough that I might actually play it because, <laughs> you know, I'll sacrifice for the team. Uh, tell us what you think about Thor's Chariot. Tell us where we got it right. Tell us where we got it wrong. Yeah. Uh, email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. It's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E. Thank you for slowing it down. It gives people time to digest it. Kind That's of right. think about it for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. As at- opposed to moving on to the next thing. Yeah. G mail. That's G, the letter G. M A I L. Gotcha. Dot. And that's not D O T dot. That that's that's oh. like like the period. Oh. And not P E R I O D period, oh, but just just n- no. just the period. Just you know the 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 character period. Oh, okay. Thank you. Com. C O M. C O M. Okay. 
Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. Not KOM. Not KOM. COM. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so email us. <laughs> or follow us on Twitter and talk mm-hmm. to Brent on Twitter uh, at Stargate Walking. Um, you know, I guarantee you folks that if you start talking to Brent more often on Twitter, he will talk back. Uh, yes, that is I true. I guarantee that's true. And that means, but Brent is, is, is not good at talking to people. You I'm might not understand this. People, yeah. Yeah. But it is true. Uh, and so if you talk to him, he's happy to talk back, but he's really bad at starting conversations. So it is up to you to get you want things me, going. Do you want me to actually like start start randomly hitting people up on Twitter? Like just, just people that have absolutely that aren't following at all, be like, hi, hi my name's Brent. How are you? You know, Brent, I'm sure that would go over well. You do you, and uh-huh. I'm certain people do that already. Uh, then, right? I don't want to be that person. Well, anyway, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so find us on on Twitter at Stargate Walking, and uh, also on Facebook. Uh, I've told you all about that already. Hey, and if uh, you talk to Zach on Facebook, I guarantee he will reply back too. Uh, you know, I'm I'm better at it than Brent. Oh, ooh, those are. True fighting words, as in fighting words, as in the words are very true. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, let us know what you think. Um, And until then, this has been Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Zach, and I'm Brent. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.